You're listening to episode 63 of the National Centre for Writing podcast. Every week we tell stories about writers and discuss writing techniques. It's Friday 27th of September here at Dragon Hall in Norwich. I'm Simon Jones, Digital Marketing Manager here at the Centre, and I'm joined by Communications Manager Steph McKenna. Hello, everyone. You're back. I am. I'm back from my holidays. Yes. So last night we had our very first drop-in writing time. This kind of accompanies our Dragon Hall socials that we do once a Mm. month. And this is now, I believe, the last Thursday of every month. It is, yeah. It's free to come along to. It's a way to focus on your writing without any distractions for an evening. And we also include a writing prompt. So if you didn't manage to make it along last night, and thank you to everyone who did. But the prompt was, out of the ashes, rose. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, So what we thought would be fun is, if you didn't make it, or even if you did, uh, send in your responses to that prompt, maybe one-line responses. Send them to us on Twitter and we'll see what people come up with. Yeah, and absolutely come to our next session if possible. They're really, really relaxed, kind of like the Dragon Hall Socials, really. Very relaxed, very informal. There's some drinks and some biscuits. A lot of our members of staff are planning to come along to the sessions and give themselves some time to write. Get a bit of writing time in for yourself and to have a chat and to meet some nice people yeah by the end of it you'll have more words than you had from the start exactly so the big news today is the early career awards which we just launched Just announced today, we are taking on the running of the Desmond Elliott Prize, which for those who don't know, has been known by the Telegraph as, you know, the UK's most prestigious award for first time novelists. So it's an award that's been running for 10 years or so. Yeah, over 10 years. Last year, Claire Adam won for The Mm. Golden Child. We've also had writers like Emma McBride for A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing, Claire Fuller for Our Endless Numbered Days and Pretty Teenager for We That Are Young. So... The whole point of the Desmond Elliott Prize is that it's debut writers. Mm-hmm. So it's writers with their first novel. And that's why it's part of the early career awards that we're now launching. We're going to have some other awards coming later in the year as well. Watch this space yes, for those. kicking off with the Desmond Elliott Prize. And what's really exciting is that we've managed to expand it a little bit so that the main prize, which is £10,000 to the winner, uh, that's how it's been run for the last decade plus. And we're mm. carrying on with that. But what we're adding into it is some of the more educational and career support aspects that we do here at the centre. So the winner will receive a package of support that will help them in that early career stage of their writing. But what's also great is that thanks to some support from the Arts Council, we are also going to be putting together a bunch of free resources for all early career writers. So regardless of whether you're going to be part of the Desmond Elliott Prize or not, It'd just be so useful. We know that so many people are looking for those, you know, extra prompts, a bit of creative fire in your belly, I guess. Yeah, and you can never have too much help in that regard, really. And Desmond Elliott was an agent and publisher, and essentially his legacy was that he wanted to help support early career writers. Mm. And not just with the first book, but... uh, put things in place that would then help them get to the second book. Because that's the, I think that's the tough bit sometimes, isn't it? That you manage to publish, you know, a debut novel or a debut book, and then maybe the support kind of drops off or, you, you know, it's very daunting. It's daunting enough doing your first novel, but the idea of, you know, following up with your second. Uh, while we're talking about free resources, we've also just added a page to our website where we're, we've collated together all the free material that we've been putting out over the last few years. Mm. Um, So yeah, we've got lots of exciting stuff to come later this year. But if you want to just get some interesting podcasts and great 
top tips from writers like Margaret Atwood, then do head over to the website. And if you look in the writer's toolkit area, you will find a new free resources page where it's all brought together under one roof. Let's talk about today's podcast. Yes. Uh, we're back to Noirage. So last week we had George Allagaya's lecture, which was a fantastic listen. And today we have an interview with Auntie Tuomainen, who is a writer from Finland, who was here for the festival. He was. He was there on the Saturday, wasn't he? I really enjoyed his event with uh, Simone. Yeah, really fantastic panel. And what we have today is uh, an exclusive interview with him talking about his process and, and talking about genre in particular and how he sees the crime fiction genre not as a restrictive thing. Mm. Like some people, I think, regard genre as being something that limits you, whereas yeah. he sees it almost like a kind of ready-made engine. Mm. That he can Possibilities end- are endless, yeah, really, aren't they? Yeah, he can plug they? stories into it mm. and can essentially write about anything mm. and explore anything he wants through that kind of engine of crime fiction. So Auntie has been described both as the king of Helsinki Noir for mm. his earlier novels, which were very dark, and then more recently, he's also the funniest writer in Europe. Yeah, he's been compared to sort of things like Fargo, hasn't he? Yeah, so that kind of kicked off with The Man Who Died, which... Uh, is a very funny book indeed. And we talk about shifting your writing between something you're recognised for and that you've had a lot of success with and then trying to do something new, which can be intimidating and scary. So yeah, here is Auntie talking at Dragon Hall a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, Auntie, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming to Norwich. Thank you for having me. It's absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, is this your first time to Norwich? It is my first time in this town. I've been able to walk around a bit. It's lovely. <laughs> it's a beautiful town. Yeah. And yeah. I've really enjoyed myself here. Walking around Norwich is such a pleasure because you can. You can essentially walk Absolutely. around the whole thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How, how does it compare to... you live in Helsinki? I do. Well, Helsinki is bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's... Well, it's bigger, but it's also walkable. And it's beautiful in most parts. And if you visit, I would recommend summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For obvious reasons. It gets quite cold. It gets quite cold. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just, you know, it's either snow or rain. And it's not for walking. Yes. Yeah. Do you have quite short days in the winter? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets... I think the shortest that, that it gets is like, I don't know what it is, four and a half, like, so it's a very short day. Wow. To make the most of it. Well, no, you can't because you're working during mm-hmm. that time, you're inside and then you go out and it's dark as night again, <laughs> just <laughs> yep. as it was in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Um, I wonder how that kind of affects people who write and create things. I, I I don't know. This often comes up, but I don't I don't know if there's a sort of a correlation, like a, a direct one, anyway. Uh, but we were today discussing that that if there is this different mental subconsciousness as to, for example, humor, mm-hmm. and but I don't know if if if. You know, if if it relates to the weather, I it might have something to do with with that, but I don't know because as I said, it's it's been really 
nice to observe that the you know the sense of humor you have here can be quite you know compatible with the, the Finnish sense of humor. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting because in the panel you were talking obviously about translation yeah. and the fact that humor in particular is hard or can be hard to translate. Yeah. yeah. But clearly you've had a lot of success yeah. with your books yeah. being translated and the humor going along with it. Um, yeah. And I've been, you know, I've been very lucky with translators as well because I have a good translator and it's all about nuances when you're writing and especially when you're writing dark humor you have to get the nuances right you mm-hmm. have to get the atmosphere and the tone right and that is always something you worry about but i've been lucky yes yeah so i'm i'm actually reading the man who died at the moment and it is very funny thank um, you for saying that <laughs> but yeah it's i think the, the challenge and the thing that's interesting is it, it's not like you're telling jokes no 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 it's not humor and jokes are different yeah there's a difference between humor is one thing jokes are another thing Uh jokes can be you know in in the sort of under the umbrella of humor but jokes are very different from humor because humor is something a very fine example are the kaudismaki movies that were mentioned earlier because what you see is sort of serious but it still the underlying tone is one of yes. very serious humor. Yeah, and I think depending on you know, whether it's books or film, depending on the reader and the viewer, you know, it is possible to mistakenly not realize it's meant to be funny. Exactly. <laughs> and I, mean, I remember the first time I uh, saw Fargo and yeah, that, that little bit at the start, I was like, this is a true story. And then for the whole, and I hadn't seen any other Coen Brothers films at the time. And yeah. All the way through it, I was like sitting there going, this is really funny, but I don't know if I'm supposed to find it funny. I know. Is there something wrong with me? <laughs> I know. But that's, Fargo is a great example of, of that kind of humor because there are people who don't see anything humorous in the film. Whereas one watches it and sees a tragic comedy. Because everything goes so wrong <laughs> that it is, in the end, funny. And it's very human. It's, it's very... But again, humor is also... Not only are you know jokes and humor different things, but humor is something, when you start to define it, it sort of kills it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tricky thing. It is. Yeah, you can't... The more you try to pin it down, yeah. the more it kind of disappears. <laughs> I know. Yes. What's really interesting about your books is that you seem to have kind of almost two phases to them and looking at reviews and commentary online it's like you have on the one hand you've got the king of Helsinki Noir and then more recently you're the funniest writer in Europe and it feels like you made a from the outside at least it seems like you made a conscious decision with the man who died to write something slightly different um, was it a, a kind of deliberate thing or was it just a natural evolution of your writing? Good question. In hindsight, I think it was both. It was just because I I tried to get better at this. I tried to, you know, I, I wouldn't say because it's a grand word to say I'm trying to evolve. <laughs> it's, it's a bit too grand, but... Um, I'm trying to get better at this. So that means trying new things and trying also things that are, that I'm a bit afraid of, because that was the thing. 
because I wanted to write a book where I could be funny, but it's also it was also can I do this? I mean, do I have the nerve to try to be funny in a book that is also very serious? Mm-hmm. And I, I was I must say I was a bit scared actually. I, I looking back, I understand that I was a bit. And of course, I was very worried that it would not work out. I, I was, first I was thinking before it came out, I was thinking that the reviews might be something like, you know, he's lost his mind. <laughs> you know, it, it, this, this is just, a, I mean, what is the, <laughs> what, what has happened to the king of Helsinki? <laughs> yeah, when, no, you, when you already had success and recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things. But I, I wanted to try something different. But, but it was also as... As you asked, it was it natural or was it a conscious choice? It was both, but it was natural in a way that it was something that I had in me. And as a writer, I I, I must go into what I write one hundred percent. I can't. You. It makes no sense to work on something for at least a year. It takes at least a year to write a book. So. You might as well do what you really want to do because you'll be with it for a long time. And so I, I did my best. Mm-hmm. I can say that. And I, I, I wanted to try, you know, try to do different things. I wanted to, you know, really give it my best shot. I'm actually very relieved it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can look back now and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it did work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can look back and say, you know. I knew what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and as a writer, you wanted to challenge yourself and try something new. Um, how did like, your agent and your publisher react to that notion? Well, they, first they were like a bit hesitant because you never know. Because when a person has been doing something really well, and then they tell you that you know I'm going to do do something different. Hmm. <laughs> wonder what that will be but when they read the first for the first draft they were like this is good actually and and they were i think they were a bit relieved <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah yeah um something you mentioned in the panel uh, was how crime novels i think you said crime novels are, are a great way to talk about anything on your mind You yeah, we're speaking about the genre almost like it's a kind of story engine. It is lets you kind of do whatever you want, exactly. rather than because I think some, sometimes people look at genre as a constraining thing that limits them. You, you, have, you were talking about it the other way up almost. Yeah, yeah, and I see it that way. I, I see it uh, because what I see is is sort of a structure that you can do anything within. Crime fiction today as a genre is like a huge umbrella for almost all kinds of books really nowadays. From psychological thrillers to these books where cats solve murders to from from you know the the, the blackest hardest scandi noir to 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 something very cozy. I mean, there's all kinds of books within that huge umbrella, under that huge umbrella. And so, to me, 
the way I see crime fiction is basically sort of, a, as I said, I used the expression narrative vehicle. It's, it's one way to tell a story. I mean, you're, you're only, I don't even see it as you're tied to some things and you have to do certain things. I, I don't, because it's, crime fiction also is very, if you look at it purely from a storytelling point of view, as, you know, purely story, it's, it's an oldest form of telling a story. And that is the beginning, the middle, and the end. That, that's basically it. It's, it's, and it's the way we seem to want stories. We want to see a beginning of the story. We want to see the middle part. And then we want to see some kind of an ending. And, and that's basically what, I, what I've taken from crime fiction. Is that, is that structure. And within that, you can really do anything. It sounds a bit complicated, but uh, on the, but in the end, I see it as a very both simple and very uh, free and allowing way to tell any kind of story. Mm -hmm. For readers, there there's certain familiarity with the genre that helps, perhaps initially when they encounter a book, but then. Once you get into the reading of it, that book can then go off in unexpected directions. Exactly, exactly. If you just, it's sort of a contract with the reader. Mm. You, 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 you deliver, there's a saying that, you know, you have to, do, you have to deliver the genre goods. <laughs> but if you do that within, you know, I mean, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. You can just do anything and you can do whatever kind of book you can do polemic you can do very serious you can do and obviously you can do darkly funny it seems mm -hmm. yeah and uh, little siberia which is out very soon it's i think out in october excellent and yeah we've got some had some preview copies here which yes. people seem very excited about and from what i understand it continues the, the dark humor it's angle. It, it continues dark humor angle. It's a slightly darker than the two previous ones, um, The Man Who Died and Palm Beach, Finland, which was the second darkly funny book. Uh, Little Siberia is slightly darker. And I think, you know, one of the elements that makes it a bit darker is that it takes place in the deepest Finnish winter in northeastern Finland, where it's the winter is a well. Let's put it in this: it's 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 a dark time. <laughs> literally, <laughs> it, it's literally dark time. Yeah, and and there's also you know meter and a half of snow and at least so it's it's a very different kind of and it's a very it's very cold. And so that, I think, brings an atmosphere of, 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 of this darkness as well. But it's also, but, but I wanted to write about some serious stuff too. So there's a question of faith and disbelief and, and there's stuff about love and marriage and, and, and of course greed, which is an eternal thing as well. Uh, so 
it, it gets dark, but I'm hoping it's dark in a way that uh, is that you can see it see it from both angles that it's there's a tragic comedy to it mm-hmm. i'm hoping yes. but i can't always no, but you'll find out soon <laughs> i i know i know i'm 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 so nervous about that as well <laughs> um can you in terms of your future writing can you imagine a return to the the, the king of helsinki noir approach absolutely absolutely i i, I think i will Continue to write. I mean, this might sound a bit silly and corny, but I will write one book at a time. <laughs> so that means that um, I will write the kind of book that I will write. Um, I've now finished my ninth book. Uh, it will be out in the UK next year, late next year. Um, and it, it will be, again, a very dark comedy. But it gets very, very dark in that book. Um, and I don't know. I find it I find it funny. But I'm hoping again that people will uh, people who have read the previous books or you know new readers will find it both funny and serious, because I'm hoping it will be both. Mm-hmm. I'm also trying to challenge myself. I'm trying to do things that I haven't done before. So that each time I have to sort of stretch some muscles that I I didn't know I even needed. (laughs) And and it's uncomfortable at times, but I think it served me well in the long term because I think it's made me develop as a writer because now I know how to do certain things. Uh, I know how certain things work and I know and I know more about this 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 writing and I, I know more about how to do certain things so I will definitely write at some point uh, uh, I think even the one after this one that I'm now finishing up uh, will be a darkly funny book because I have I have the sort of the the character and the the idea but you know, after that, I might you know try something dark and serious again, mm-hmm. because I also you know have that in me, and it's it's and I and I I've learned the hard way that I have to sort of follow my instinct, because I've tried at some point write something that wasn't wasn't really me. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't come out. And was that a kind of an, an effort to to write for the market in a way? Or? It was an effort to well, um, I suppose in you know in the end, yeah, because I was trying to start a series, mm-hmm. and and I realized writing it that you know it's it's not something that I want to do. In the end, but I had to write in order to find that out. Yeah. Because I, it's like you start writing a book and you have to write the first at least 50 or 60 or 80 pages to really know what you want out of this one. You really have to go quite deep into it to realize that, okay, this is about that thing. And, yes. And now I know. 
you know, where I'm going to go with this one. And writing is the only way I've learned is to how you find out what you need to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think in the panel, I was really fascinated because you were talking about, um, you know, planning out a novel and in terms of uh, plotting and that kind of thing. And you were saying, essentially, if you've got a good character, that's where the plot comes from. And the, the, the well, character creates the plot as they do whatever it is they're going to do. Over and over, I've proved that to myself. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've tried sometimes to, 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 to make a plan before going into it. But it doesn't work because I'm, I, write, I write from the character. And, and I, I want the character to, to have the kind of problem that forces them to do something that they would never do under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that is the way to, to, to sort of go with the story and to give him or her more problems, more problems. And then you realize, that, okay, now I've got it. And he or she has to just get out of this mess <laughs> somehow. And really, it starts with the character, always. Mm-hmm. It's just... You have to, um, you don't have to, but <laughs> I have to. It, what I have to have is a character and a gigantic problem. Yes, and then see if they can Yeah, somehow. see if they can somehow work it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't know how, but, you know, they will try. Yeah, I think yeah, reading The Man Who Died at the moment, and, you know, I'm about halfway through, but, yeah, that's a gigantic problem. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's driven by that problem. It's driven by that characters. And, and also, he always or she always has to have a sort of dilemma. You know, like, do I do it with every single thing? Do I do this or do I do that? Well, thank you very much, Antti. And thank you. Little Siberia is out in October. It is. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. I have to say, I've said this before, but meeting the writers at Noirage in particular, you realise just how friendly crime writers are. So Auntie was really friendly. Just Well, pretty much everyone I met with was just a really, they're a really friendly bunch, mm. the crime writing community, which is why I really like the festival. Yeah, they seem to all really like getting together. They do, well. they do. They like getting together for a mini celebration, don't they? Indeed. So yeah, thanks to Auntie for the interview and for visiting Norwich. Uh, if you have questions or want to get in touch, you can find me on Twitter at Tarnamus and Steph. I am at Steph X McKenna. And the National Centre for Writing is everywhere. So you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre. And please do send in your responses to that writing prompt. And the best thing to do if you want to be kept up to date on everything we're doing and various writing opportunities that are coming up is to join our newsletter, which you can do over at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk. Thanks again, keep writing, and we'll catch you on the next episode when we're talking to Richard Lambert, writer of upcoming novel Wolf Road, about what it's like to be in the limbo state between finishing a book and it being released into the world. Mm